0: SecondCityHockey.com. Here's
1: Marv LaGrone over the line, fire! Marv! Yes! Marv! a here we go! Jackson moving right and on the shot, but oh Marv did it again! University of North Dakota, Jonathan Taves.
2: Commit to us. Commit to the Jersey. Commit their people here. The, man,
3: Havla, the shot back, oh, oh. well, so drives, it in And now it's in the net score! It's it's, it. It. it's, it's, the, score. it's it. the Hawks win it's the it. Stanley Cup! The Hawks win the Stanley
1: Cup! And in! comes Zebrak with his job, he's
3: Welcome in to another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager here at Second City Hockey. You can find me on Twitter at SCH underscore Dave M. And I've got all my usual linemates with me this evening because it is NHL preseason time and we're all so excited. Can you feel the excitement in the room?
2: Yay. no 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 no! i guess not all <laughs>
3: right well anyway let, let's bring in the usual panel first up the analytics darling of second city hockey Shepard price
1: so uh the preseason is about like as useful as the nfl preseason and i don't i don't think anybody in chicago could tell me the chicago bears preseason record this year and it's been what two or three weeks
3: yeah yeah i'm trying to one and two
1: no it's four weeks
3: No, they only played three games this year. See, see, see how important the NFL preseason is. It's yeah, they only did three games this year and I have no idea, but uh, it was a, it was a precursor to them going 17 and two. So
1: exactly. So uh, no, well, maybe uh, the two losses are going to be to the Detroit lions. Um, Well, uh, they're they're going (laughs) to, it's going to be hard for them to do the first one. I know. I know. They just beat us. We're, we're, we're miserable this year. Um, Anyway. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be how we remember the Chicago Blackhawks preseason is like, oh, yeah. Remember the, the record? Absolutely not.
3: No, I, I like I'm trying to think of other like the last preseason was weird, COVID, all that. And then like I'm trying to think of anything. The only thing I can tell you that happened in a, uh, in a preseason game would have been three or four years ago when they signed or when they acquired Brandon Manning. However, they got him. And like the number one concern was he's not really fast and the league is getting faster. And in a preseason game against the Red Wings. He got roasted by Athanasiu. And that was like the epitome of this is your biggest concern. And you saw it in before the actual games even started. That's all I got for NHL preseason talk from the past. So, there I mean, are. Brandon
1: Manning got us Drake Cajula. And Drake Kajula was not nothing while he was in Chicago.
3: That's can't confirm. He was not nothing. But uh, yeah. Also, not nothing. And joining us this evening, he is the second city hockey. What Scott Lucas is to local H, it is Mil Savage.
2: I'm a high five and MF. Um, so before we get into the hockey talk, just want to go out on record as a, as a teamless person right now, wishing to Dave and Shepard my sincerest uh good luck to your White Sox and to my mm-hmm. other White Sox fans' friends. And if they don't get it done, I'm gonna raise hell for on your behalf.
3: Yeah, I've uh, I've been. For the last like month or two, I've been kind of keeping it at bay, and Shepard might be the same way. Like I haven't really gotten too up or down about anything that's happened. Just as long get like I just want them to get everyone back, them all healthy. And now, like I am so excited for the next month to be because I've forgotten how stressful and wonderful and miserable at the same time playoff baseball can be.
1: Well, I I my dad has tickets to Game Four if there is a Game Four. And I will be bringing a – I will be going to Ace Hardware and picking up a uh, garbage can and bringing it to the the stadium. And And if they let me in with a garbage can, they're going to let me in with a garbage can. And if you hear it – if you hear someone banging a garbage can during Astros matters, especially Jose Altuve, shut Uh up, Blackhawks. Are you going to (laughs) bang it during title pitching? Um, I hope to God that that he's not pitching game four. I hope it's like – I hope it's Reynaldo or I hope it's Cease. I'm just kidding, but in all seriousness,
2: I do have a, a, a really good group of collective White Sox fans friends who have never picked on me or made fun of me my whole life like everybody else did, so I'm I'm rooting for you guys, for them, and for everybody who else who talked shit to me my whole life, get a life and root for your own team. There you go. Well said. Unless it's Detroit. Fuck Detroit. And St. Louis.
3: Well, on that note, um, I, I don't have a good segue for this, but let's bring in the last member of the panel. And she's not on Twitter, but you can find all her stuff at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR. She is the SCH and Wall of Text. It is Betsy.
0: You guys just said a bunch of words. <laughs> I don't know anything about. <laughs> there were lots of names dropped. Baseball and, like, stuff. Vints and stuff like that. I was like, I know who the White Sox are. And then I was like, after that, I was like, just zoned out a little bit. <laughs>
3: Well, um, if, if in case Shepard and I get too busy watching all of the uh, all of the White Sox stuff, you and Mill can take over the
2: website for the next month. So, comments will be real busy between the two of us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's gonna be like a GIF bomb goes off. Like all of our stuff is just like mm, gifts all the time.
2: Yeah, just being like pretentious and like <laughs> yelling at people. Yes. There's
3: going to be a lot of yelling. Okay, a lot of yelling. Got it. By the
2: way, Shepard, I want to see the picture of the trash can. Uh, granted, you get to go. Hopefully you do, because that will be hilarious.
1: Yes.
3: Do we? Yeah, by the way, before we get to like talk about high things, like what is the material you're going to go? Are you just going for like a plastic one? You're going to get like a tin one? So they it's they the I'm tin the loud-
1: one. I'm getting the tin one. It has to be the tin yes. one because so that's the, that's the one they use. I'm pretty sure too. It's like the WWF style like <laughs> hardcore match. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, or it makes
2: noise.
3: Yeah, there's going to need to be visual evidence of this happening. So so yeah, I'm going to be listening. Cl- I'll make sure I, I turn the sound up so I can listen for the trash can while especially while. <laughs> Um, awesome. so, so real quickly, you can find us all on Twitter. I already gave my handle out. Shepherds at Shepherd Price. Mill is at Mill182. As I said, Betsy's not on Twitter. But the main Second City Hockey account is at 2NDCityHockey. And again, SecondCityHockey.com is where you can find all our stuff. And speaking of that stuff, it's been a lot of preseason stuff lately, and that is why we have assembled here on this Tuesday evening to kind of recap the last four Blackhawks preseason games that we've seen over the last week. Um, it's been up and down a little bit in between. They played, you know, one of the games was not supposed to be on TV and it wasn't, but it was available on the internet in St. Louis and it looked like it was played in just some random bar. It was an ECHL arena, I believe. Um, And the Blackhawks won that game, despite the blues sending all their studs and the Hawks not, it was a very interesting, uh, circumstance. So, um, I, the Blackhawks preseason, preseason record is two and three now, I believe. After they beat Detroit the other night,
0: yeah, two one one.
3: There, yeah, there. I, f- I forgot about the overtime uh, aspect. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I just want to throw out to the panel just any any early impressions or, or takeaways or key observations through the first five preseason games. Shepard, we'll start with you
1: uh jonathan days is alive again hey yeah in a a, a good way in a very good way he he went what a point per game pace in the games he played more probably i think it was more yeah i just changed my
3: mind preseason matters jonathan says is a point per game player so it does matter now
1: uh and then brandon hagel uh hello what what okay hi uh that was this preseason that's a good preseason
3: yeah i mean it's he it seemed like Hegel very much picked up where he left off last year
1: yeah i I feel like again, I feel like he's even more modern Andrew Shaw and probably a little bit more skilled and faster, definitely faster, um, but he's like that guy who can slide in on any role and in any line and make a difference and I just he's good. <laughs>
3: I'm like i I feel like the hands may not quite be to Shaw's level yet,
0: but maybe not scoring, yeah, yeah,
3: but he yeah he he had several like nice plays that he set up as well, not just the goals that he scored, which is I didn't he have three prime, he had three assists on Monday night against Detroit. I don't yeah, think they were all primary, but...
0: They were all primary. They and we were all primary, okay. Two of them were him just out hustling people and then throwing the puck where he thought a player might be and it worked out, which is smart, so,
3: yeah. Yes, he and Mackenzie and Twistle were quite the uh, dynamic duo on whatever third, fourth line, whatever line it was in that game. Um, and, like, Adam Gaudette was in the middle, kind of a passenger, just watching those two do all the things. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Antwistle justified where I put him in the top twenty-five under twenty-five. <laughs>
3: there, there, you go. He made made everyone look smart. Um, Betsy, <laughs> any anything that you've noticed through these first five preseason games?
0: Um, but they're preseason, so you can't read too much into the vets not doing stuff. <laughs> but I will say, I am not impressed with the DeBrinket um, Johnson Kane line so far. Um, they're not clicking. I mean, Kane and Debrink are clicking, and then they seem to have, like, individual things, but as a line, they got buried in both games that they played together, like, like wiped out. And I get that they're going to be targeted by the top defenders, and, you know, they're just going to get piled on, but that just means it's maybe not... Ideal. Um, And I say this as a Tyler Johnson fan because I think he was a great pickup and will be good for two reasons. Because we don't know how Taves is going to handle the full season. So he'll be able to eat meaningful minutes. And two, we don't know if Doc is ready for upper line minutes full time. So Tyler Johnson is a great stopgap to help lift both those guys up. But I don't know if he's ready for 1C stuff, which is where he seems to be played right now. So I'm a little worried about that. Um, but on the positive side, all the kids look like the kids that we expected to look good, look good. It whistle looks good. Hegel obviously looks great. Khrushchev has looked awesome. Um, there's a reason he's been kind of glued to Taves and Kubelik. Um, and that line seems to be working, even if they haven't cashed in completely. And then um, Henrik Borgstrom has had two really good games back to back. So yeah. Uh, I'm excited about that. And Godet had his, his first game was good, but I haven't really cared for him since. But how dare I you. I don't really care. How
3: dare, how dare you slander Adam Goddett's name. I'm I'm fully driving the Adam Gaudette bandwagon. I might be the only person on it, but, uh, and it's, it's getting borderline irrational at this point, I'll admit, but for some reason I had myself convinced that he's going to be good this season. So we'll, uh, we'll see how that all goes.
0: I will say I have a pet peeve with people about him. I don't mind everybody being like, I hope he does well. I do too. I hope he breaks out. But it's weird that people are like, oh, I think Strom or Borgstrom or even Nylander are done. And I'm like, Godet at those is like a year to two older than all of them. So like, if you're like willing to give Godet a chance at, you know, 25, you should be like, well, these guys get some more time. Maybe not with the Hawks, but in general, Um, I'm like, you're looking at it in a weird bubble um and it skewed your perspective. But I hope all of them work out, but I would I don't care which one does as long as somebody <laughs> somebody work out.
3: Mill, you've been unusually quiet, so let's bring you in for uh, your preseason observations.
2: Well, first, Dave, I'll join you on the god that bandwagon if all you right. take me to Taco Bell. We
3: got group. two people.
2: There we go. Um it's po- it's polarizing, it's fun to to play devil's advocate in these conversations. But um Yes it is. Yeah, like echoing what everyone else said, it's kind of like it's preseason. The vets aren't going to go out of their way to, to do anything crazy. They don't want to get hurt or pull a hammy or anything there. They know they're making the team. Uh, Taves like to echo what Shepard said, very encouraging that Taves looks good. And I mean, he looks really good, um, nice. which is nice. And uh, I think other than that, just, like like the kids are busting ass everyone wants to make the team so i think the hawks have a load of talent it's just going to be if they can execute like they're, they're some pretty good young players
3: yeah i think the i mean they played against the games against st louis like they didn't send really their a team for much of, I, I guess the first one they did a little bit uh the second game was mainly young guys and the other two were against detroit and detroit's in like year 30 of their rebuild i think at this point it seems so i don't know how much you can take away from that game um the next two against minnesota could be interesting uh, cuz minnesota is supposed to be a pretty good team this season and if the hawks do send i think feel like for one of those games they will probably send what is at or near the lineup we'll see in game 1 next wednesday so i think that game might you might get a the best barometer of what this team's going to look like for the regular season um, i i'm with you though I, I think there it is. I'm, I'm, it goes back to what you said back in the summer. Like this team is going to be interesting. I I'm still not sure if they're going to be good, bad and different or what, but they're, it's going to be interesting and interesting. Can at least sustain me from now till Christmas. And we'll see what happens after that. But uh, it's, it's nice to have something interesting. It's not, it's so much different than last year when before the season, before training camp even opened, Tays went down and Doc went down and you knew immediately like, all right, well, this is not going to be a fun season. So this is way more fun.
2: I, I think uh, it might get a little tough when you get into the deep part of those, you know, dog days, so to speak, because legs start to get heavy for inexperienced guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are really the points that matter, you know, uh, in a tough division, but The Hawks do have talent, and I don't know. I mean, their division's not – it's like there are some pretty bad teams in their division, too.
3: Yeah, they're going to need to fatten up against, like, Arizona.
2: (laughs) No kidding. And
3: and, and not lose seven of eight to Nashville. That would also (laughs) – Well,
2: that's the thing I was going to say is they don't play everybody eight times this year, so it's like they have to win some of these weird games they're going to have. You know, they're going to have to play everybody now, so
1: it's – it's and then not have time. to like steal a game from like Pittsburgh or steal a game from like, yeah, Florida. For, yeah. Well yeah, the then, New York teams. I don't know if I don't know if it's gonna be
2: possible against the Islanders, but <laughs> against the Rangers. Yeah. The, yeah Gallant might still out coach them though.
1: Well, I think for sure he will.
3: Well, yeah. Uh from a like we talked a lot about guys that have stood out. Is there anybody that you have been disappointed in or Betsy talked about one person, she the player she was not impressed by. Is there anyone that you are more down on? And we'll just skip past Alex Nylander because it seems like <laughs> everyone's going to say that because it seems like he's destined for the AHL, at least at the start of the season. But are there any other players you that have that have caught your eye for the wrong reasons or anything like that, Shepard Mill?
2: I'm concerned about Strom. It's more or less that they don't yeah. want him. It's not his fault.
3: And it's, it feels like there's something there. Like there's a decent player within him. And I don't think it's like entirely for a lack of trying on his part. Like I'm I'm sure he's trying, but they also keep throwing him on the fourth line with guys. who can't
1: right. You don't compliment him. So yeah, he's a middle six player who deserves to be played with middle six players.
2: And I wrote about Strom a little bit and, and his production being down. It's like, and and this isn't trying to say the same thing I always do, but you look at how their offense is run. He's not really a transition guy. He has to kind of play in the house and and get on the inside, and not on the fly. They have to set up and cycle, and the Hawks do not cycle. No,
3: they did have. A, I didn't know they did have a few sustained possessions that led to goals. I believe against Detroit. I think it was one game where I, I noticed. A considered effort to actually have the puck for a while instead of just scoring off the rush like they did all of last season, and I thought that was slightly encouraging. Uh, Shepard, did you have any players you want to toss into this ring? Uh,
1: not, not <laughs> th- th- that we talked than, than we talk about Nealander.
3: Okay, yeah, I mean, Nealander's yeah. Ny- the low hanging fruit here, so I feel it's going to be there. Um, I guess one name that I will toss out, and I don't want people to overreact to this. I will just say I I was kind of I was really excited to see Lucas Reichel. Um he's kind of looked like a nineteen year old, which isn't a bad thing because he is a nineteen year old. Uh it seems like he's dusting for Rockford. Not worried about it, not down on him by any means. Um, but it, I I don't think he's he's the type of guy that's gonna show up and grab a roster spot immediately like some other players have in the past. So so there's that. Yeah.
1: That's fine. He's he he needs to, some time to transition. He needs to, yeah. to North American Ice. He was a set, he was 17th overall pick. He's, it's not like he's a top ten pick. Yeah, and if he and, goes and
3: lights up the AHL, then you bring him up in the second half of the season, no harm done.
1: Exactly, and he's made that transition to the NHL and or North American ice, and has shown that he can do it. a Second. Yeah, um, good point. Good
2: point on your side, David. He's 19, not 25, so there's time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not Adam Gaudet's age.
2: Uh, our so guy
0: old at 25.
2: <laughs> hey, that's our guy now, Dave, yeah, Adam Gaudet.
0: <laughs>
3: Um, the one other thing that was really noticeable Monday night is this, this, what seemed like it was going to be the top pairing of Seth Jones and Jake McCabe, uh, at five on five. Like, I don't think the Hawks gave up a five on five goal. I think every goal they allowed last night was a power play goal. So I guess they didn't allow any goals, but Jones and McCabe threw the puck away at least 10 times. It felt like, and there was a lot of like it looked like they were throwing it where they thought their deep partner was going to be and they weren't there. And so, and I believe at practice today, those two were split up. I think Riley Stillman was up with McCabe and Jones was with Murphy, right?
0: No, uh, no. uh, Stillman was with Jones.
3: Stillman was with Jones. Okay. So yeah, it it was not um, again, preseason game, not a huge sample, but McCabe and Jones, if they decide to play them together in the preseason or in the regular season, Probably gonna need a little bit more on ice chemistry than they exhibited on Monday night.
2: It is awkward first date. Give them <laughs> the <laughs> <point>. it was <laughs> And
0: and to be fair, they both were better defensively because the first game they played together, they were like out of sorts completely, and both were like both of them were like. We harp on Jones, right? But we all like McKay, but we all think he's good, but he looked weird defensively (laughs) the very first game i don't know how to explain it but he did not look like himself they both looked much better the next game um there were some people talking about the pk i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hold the penalty kill against them because the way it's been played for the last few years has like they stretch out too much like Mm -hmm. i don't know what they're doing but they there's a reason that they're one of the worst penalty kills for like for years except the year that um Leonard and Crawford carried them to a top ten because they both were excellent pK goals got
2: bailed out by the goalies, yeah yeah,
0: but they were still like twenty seventh or something in expected goals against on the penalty <laughs> kill. So you're like, stop that. And yeah. last year they were twenty fourth or twenty third or something like that the year before that they were twenty eighth expected goal. like so they need to they need to help their goalies out more on the penalty kill so i'm not I'm not gonna hold that against anybody.
2: I think too, like it's a lot easier for a guy like Johnson playing center to just slot in than it is for like a defenseman, any defenseman to like slot into man to man. It's just something they're gonna have to get used to. Cause they don't know where their partner's at. That's the problem.
0: I don't think they're playing man to man the same way <laughs> yeah. they last year. They've definitely they seem to be playing way more zone.
2: They yeah. do, but but they're not. It's still not that kind of like it's still
0: hybrid,
2: yeah, yeah. Where it's like down the middle shift, where like you know where your guys at. It seems like they don't know where each other's at to me. If that makes sense. Well, no, that's
3: the, definitely true. Their first game of the year, they play Colorado's. Who's going to be skating with like with Rockets up their ass the entire game? Oh, for fuck's good
2: sake, good speed. Yeah, let's so just,
3: we're gonna uh, we're gonna find out any any changes that are have been made to their system. We will see them because. Uh, Colorado's speed. will I mean, you have a lot of ground to cover because Colorado moves a lot. So we'll see if they, if they're doing more man to man, you'll see guys skating all over the place. If They're sitting back in more of a zone based system. You won't see them chasing as much. And if it's a hybrid, obviously it'll be in the middle somewhere. So I guess, I guess we'll find out is, is the story of all that well, they, yes, they as, a, as, in, a,
1: as a person who's watched the Colorado Avalanche play their team in the last uh, year. Uh, expectations low for that season opener because i well, don't think the blackhawks are the hawks like orange.
3: i feel like the hawks haven't been good against colorado even in, like, in their heyday
2: yeah they since they were in the nordique the yeah. colorado's first year first two years in colorado they beat the hawks in the playoffs and it's been downhill ever since
1: <laughs> every <laughs> streak i think like every streak the blackhawks have had has been ended by the, the avalanche too like that uh 2012 th- 2013 yeah. season yeah. where they that that game the, their first lost Colorado. Yeah, Carcillo Cain's, scored. Kane's amazing. Yeah, Kane's massive point streak. Kane's massive point streak ended by Colorado. Like those those it's the Avalanche are nightmare. So
3: that's what we're saying, fuck uh, Colorado. Well, <laughs> exactly. Also, that's not true. It's a great state. I love it. I love it. Also the
1: the other problem is like the Hawks keep getting shelled
2: on their openers. Like they had to open against Tampa last year.
0: Well, you know, except like, that one fuck? year, except for that one year where they put like ten up against oh,
2: Pittsburgh. Oh, that was glorious. Okay, so I was at that game, and the thing is, that that was glorious, but that wasn't like a shitty Pittsburgh team. They just played like shit, and they had the end. Yeah, of course,
0: they so they was, won like, the first was- two games, and then. The rest of the season was shit.
2: <laughs> I went to, yeah, I went to the first two and they put up 10 to one and five to one on Columbus. Yeah. And it was like when Panarin just got to Columbus and he was like invisible. And I'm thinking, man, they look good. And then they just went to shit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it was fun while it lasted, but yeah. Uh, so like the way we've talked about not overreacting to any of the preseason games or not drawing too much of a conclusion from them. Uh, try not to get too worked up. If the Hawks get boat race that first game of the year, because well, Colorado's very good and the Hawks are still I another thing is like it it's like obviously on this podcast there has been a decent amount of criticism of the coach and the systems and all that, and I don't want to relitigate that entirely, but why there because there are so <laughs> many there are so many new faces on the team this year, I'm willing I'm willing to at least like wait a little bit. The one thing that will drive me insane is if the Hawks start losing the same way that they've always been losing, which is just getting grossly outpossessed and outshot and everything. And the only way they score goals is on the power play, and the only way they win games is if they get power play goals and re- and obnoxiously good goaltending. If that's if that happens again, then I'll be ready to throw everything up in the air. But um, yeah, I, I would just ca- caution everyone: like you might have to give it a week or two, or I don't know, maybe a month or two might be stretching it, but. Give it like five to 10 games before you draw any real conclusions about the team or players in general, just because there's a lot of new faces on this I roster mean, compared to much
0: from, t- from a statistical t- standpoint, it's 20 games. Just well, there
3: you go. 20 games. And that'll probably take us roughly till the end of 2021. Something like that. I, I don't exactly know how that works out. But
2: adversely, if they somehow have another Pittsburgh outing where they beat the brakes out of Colorado because yeah. Colorado can't be bothered, don't get too excited.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't go lean either way.
3: Yeah, Not yeah. too high, not too low, right in the middle. That's that, That'll be the best for our, everyone involved. Um, we're going to talk about some more Blackhawk stuff, maybe some more uh, idea of what it's going to look like when we get to that regular season, and we're going to do that right on the other side of this timeout, so come on back for all of that. Welcome back to Musings on Madison is as promised before the break, we wanted to dive into a few more team things, kind of start looking towards the regular season because it's going to be here before we know it. When we gather to do this podcast next week, it is going to be entirely for a season preview. So uh, hope you guys didn't have any other plans because we got 82 Blackhawks games coming up over the next six months. Once again, I hope you can all feel the excitement in the room. Uh, So the big thing I wanted to start with talking about and Betsy mentioned this briefly in our opening segment is that Tyler Johnson is apparently getting crowned as the number one center, which I feel like whether he's the number one center or it's Taves, he's getting the spot between Kane and Debrinket, and so we're just going to call that the number one center because that's probably the cushiest spot out of all the center positions to be. And I guess the question I have, and, and Betsy, since you brought it up, I will let you go first, is – I guess is, I don't know if, I don't just want to ask you the straight yes or no. Is it a good fit, but what kind of fit is it in a good, decent one? Does it, does it work? I don't know.
0: If you were talking about um, slotting Tyler Johnson in on like the 2015 team, like Brad Richards would slot it in. I think it'd be great. You know, like I think he'd be fine behind Taves and the dominating line that will also take up top comp quality of competition, but That's not going to happen now. It's going to be Kane and Debrinket getting it all. Taves and Kubelik are going to be dangerous, but teams aren't going to focus on them quite as much. They haven't, they didn't the years before that either. Like um, Kane has always been the big draw and Debrinket has arisen as the next big draw. So I don't know if Tyler Johnson can handle that with both of them. And not in the sense of, I think he can probably be as good as Suter was, but Suter also wasn't an ideal 1C. He did an admirable job, but it is not ideal for a team that is hopefully going to be in the playoffs. I better like, I don't know I don't know, what the goal we hope. I don't know what the goals are for the end thing, but um I would rather Tyler Johnson be playing like in a lower like a little bit less high quality comp. Um, I don't know. I just, it, it doesn't work so far. We'll have to give them more time maybe to see, but I think that it's going to be a difficult thing. When you said cushiony, I was, I was like, yeah, because those guys are great in terms of offense and who can't score with them, except lots of people can't. <laughs> um, they're just along yeah. for the ride, but well, yeah.
3: Yeah. Cushiony might not have been the right word because it is, it is difficult to play to be on the level that Kane and Debrinken are on, especially Kane.
0: Yeah. Like if again, Brad Richards, um, Arkima Nisimov, those guys were good in between or beside excellent players. Cause Brad Richards other linemate was Bristique who was good, but not excellent. Um, but the reason they worked is because Taves was still ridiculously great. And I think he will be ridiculously great, but there is no Hosa on the Hawks. So, it's not going to be the same. No yeah, matter.
2: like, like he, that, that Johnson, statement is evergreen. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> like
0: the when Tyler Johnson
3: addressed the media and he was asked about playing with DeMarigan and Kane and his response was, "Well, I played with Nikita Kucherov," which is true. Again, like in during the the lightning, like during the prime of Johnson's career, in the mid late 2010s, he did play with Kucherov a ton. But the last few seasons, like he was kind of slowly getting knocked down the lineup. I mean, in the 1920 regular season, I, I've got these stats pulled up. Uh, Johnson was on the ice with Kucherov for 104 minutes in the regular season. And uh, Kucherov played 850 minutes away from Johnson. Johnson did 661 without Kucherov. I believe he was still playing with Stamkos and Palat. Was that the line, Betsy?
0: Yeah, he played with them a lot, but I mean, there was the triplet triplets line. The one year they did really well in the playoffs too.
3: Yeah, uh, but then like obviously in the uh, in in the 2020 postseason, they played together eight twenty two. So that's that's I think it seemed like that's when Johnson slowly started getting knocked down a little bit. Obviously during the last regular season, nobody played with Kucherov because he didn't play at all because Tampa took the crown away from the Hawks of learning how to LTIR themselves uh, into a championship, which no, no shame to them that they did it very well. But, uh, and so in the 2021 postseason, Johnson was pretty much the fourth line center and he played with Kucherov for 7:49 of the entire postseason. That's seven minutes and 49 seconds. So yeah, he used to play with Kucherov and used to play with like the really talented guys in Tampa, but he hasn't done it recently. So, uh, you've heard from uh, me and Betsy and mill on this. So Shepard did uh, when you found out that apparently Tyler Johnson's going to be the number one center for the Hawks, uh, did you, what were your thoughts of that?
1: Yeah, I, I agree with LBR. Um, I don't think he's the right fit there, uh, especially because like, he's just along for the ride. You want somebody who can contribute, especially with those two other players contribute defensively and whether that's Strom or whether that's, uh, Doc, um, who could use that opportunity as a learning opportunity. And if, again, if that's a cushy, if that's like a cushioned position that that center between those two, where you don't really need to be. At your best at all the times because the other two will just take care of it, which is clearly why Johnson is there. Then like Doc's better off there and learning there and then like contributing defensively. Um, I'd 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 put Borgstrom there too if Borgstrom can play defense instead.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I he has not shown that he could in the past, so I'm not <laughs> <yeah>. really sure. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that, might, I remember that being be one of the knocks on him from Florida or when he was in the NHL before he went back.
0: To- uh, also in the NCAA, that was not his strong suit.
1: Okay, so not Borgstrom, <laughs> but, but, but but Doc. And again, Strom has proven that he, can, he has had the ability to play there in the past. And like Chris Kunitz built a, uh, a career out of playing with good being able to play with good players, so why can't Dylan Strom? Well, <laughs> Dylan
2: Strom might as well be Kevin McAllister in this organization. But when, when you... I, when you go back to last week's podcast, I literally said it on last week's podcast and I agree with both of you, guys, all three of you guys, but it's like, I said, Johnson's going to end up being number one center because look who the coaches and look at Taves coming back uh, and doc coming back and then not caring about Strom, et cetera. I'm like, they're just going to put him there.
3: And say, like I've been thinking about this, like, I mean, line combos tend to get changed over the course of a season anyway. So I mean, or game. It's, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I don't want to get too worked up about a a preseason lineup, but it it is, it is a little weird, but I think the the one thing I've tucked myself into that I don't mind is if, you know, with Kirby doc missing so much of last season, I think an ideal situation with this is that Johnson starts there between DeBrinken and Kane. And then maybe a month or two in the season, if Kirby doc shows or turns back into the player that looked really, really good in the 2020 postseason, maybe at some point, you hand off that role from Johnson to doc Johnson goes down to your third line. And then you have, you know, doc Johnson Tate, Yeah. Doc Tays and Johnson right down the middle. That's a pretty decent thing, especially if doc proves to be worthy of that number one center role, uh, between Kane and to Brinkett. like that wouldn't suck. Right.
2: That remains to be seen.
3: Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> it remains to it be seen. <laughs>
0: Yeah.
2: I like, I like your theory on it. I really do. It's just, Doc has to take that next step.
3: Yeah. I, I I think we talked about that a little bit last week, but if Doc um if Doc would could just take that first step like within the first month of the season and put aside any fears about him, that would just be wonderful for the collective mental health of everybody in the Blackhawks fan base.
0: Um and I was gonna say when we were talking about this on Slack, um Dave, you know, I was looking up like points um, like trajectory, because he didn't make the, you know, like he broke out in the NHL and started playing like a 2C, like 1C minutes towards the end of his, when he turned 21. Mm -hmm. Um, So Doc's still like a year away from that, like that age where a bunch of centers start to really click 21, 22. Um, Like several of them click sooner than that, obviously. But um, I'm not sure Doc, because of his year off, we can allow for some um Leeway, but just 20 would be a good year if he could at least cement himself as a 2C. Like, that's mm. my goal for him. Um, with 1C as like a future, like, one season away from that. It's kind of what I hope.
2: Like, points aside, though, I think he just needs to go out there and win every board battle. You know, take the high danger shot. Don't try to pass. You don't have time. Like, he has to be a little bit more of a bitch out there, so to speak. Like, he's. <laughs> No, seriously, the dude's huge You're He's right. skilled and he has to kind of get a little bit ferocious like i hate to use a, a you know an intangible word but like he seems a little timid.
3: Mm. Needs needs more grit. He's
2: more sandpaper. Yeah, not i wouldn't use grit. I would say maybe like he needs a little more ass. He's yeah. He's
0: really good in like against Vegas, you saw all that.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what i'm saying. We know he has it.
0: Yeah, I will say the one, the one criti- like the one thing point against him maybe playing with Kane and Debrinket is that the center and those lines tend to defer to them, and mm. if we want Doc to become his own player and to learn his own way, maybe playing away from them is a good thing to start.
3: That is um, a very good point. That it's, it's, you got halfway through it, I'm like, yeah, this is this is a yeah, that's a very good point. Um, by I know, it's not, it's not easy playing between, uh, to and Kane. And I guess then the theory is if doc turns into the player, we all hope he turns into on his own line and you can leave him there. Then you have Kane and to tearing shit up on their line. And then you have doc on another line, tearing shit up by himself. And then the Taves Kubalik and Kurashev line does well. That's that's three pretty good lines. And
2: thank God that tearing shit up.
3: And then God, that tearing shit up on the fourth <laughs> line. There we go. <laughs>
2: Add a boy, way um, to bring it all home. Land of Misfit Toys line.
3: <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's any other. Po- oh, one other name I wanted to throw out there really quick. Uh, Jacob Galvis. I don't know if he's going to break camp with the team. Uh, Wyatt Kalanick's injury at practice today is going to be out for a few weeks. Seems to heighten that possibility. Um, any impressions on Jacob Galvis? Because as I watched, there was a few times where I watched him during game, and he just looked very comfortable out there. Like there's a few times where like he got puck in um, kind of a high traffic, uh, high pressure situation and just very calmly, like moved it on to the next teammate. Like didn't look like he was bothered by it at all. So has anybody else seen anything out of this kid that uh, caught your eye?
1: I mean, we had him highly rated last year on the top 25 under 25 list. He just wasn't on it this year. So he's a little bit of a shock that like he's doing this well. Yeah, like I,
3: I'm trying to even remember where he came from. Like I feel like he, like with the, the latter f-
0: round pick.
3: Yeah, like with all the focus on young defensemen last year, like he kind of got overshadowed by the the Mitchells and the Bowdens and the Boquists and all that. Well, and uh, he
0: wasn't even like there was some there was some talk about whether or not he'll actually even sign with the Blackhawks, where the Hawks would even want to sign him. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly they were like, nope, they're signing them. And it was yeah. like, okay. That makes sense. He's doing well-ish over there. Um, he took a
1: step back last season too in the Liga. He, he I four, thought so he,
0: too. Like he, yeah. he, did, he was fine, but it, he didn't. He kind of stagnated a little bit or a little bit backwards. Um, but he's looked really good in the games so far. He hasn't been tasked with anything super difficult. But he wouldn't be if he made the team. The only mm. issue with him is that I think like everybody's a lefty except for Murphy. <laughs> right in that case, because Kalinuk was playing on the right um jones and murphy obviously are in the rights but who's gonna be that last righty um can somebody else play on that side because i don't know um maybe he can but that's hard to ask but he is at that right age he's at 22 um which is a good age for somebody to break into he is smaller side um decent defensively tends to be good in, in transition but not like superb. It's an interesting, he's, he's been, he's been interesting to to watch.
3: Yeah. I, I, he was, I, so far I think he was one of the bigger surprises just that he is in the, in the talk for a roster spot. I, I, I did not expect that. I, I assumed like when the Hawks signed him, like, well, that seems like Rockford ice hogs material next year. So I guess we'll see how that goes. Uh, any other thoughts? I think we we pretty much hit uh, covered all the bases, hit all the fields we wanted to, unless I'm missing something.
2: Dave's yelling at me on Twitter right now. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's because you're, you're uh, quote-tweeting Kyle Schwarber hitting home runs, which, again, as I think we talked about earlier, is making uh, – I'm still vicariously sad uh, – well, not vicariously. It's not the right word. I'm still sad that the Cubs thing was ripped apart in the offseason, so –
2: the um, Ricketts get what they deserve, but uh, yeah. you you know what? It's okay. I just uh, I'm I gotta pull for the couple guys that are still in it. Um, but yeah, I I think uh, it's I'm not not trying to multitask, but you know how we feel about baseball this time of <laughs> year.
3: It is it is October baseball season, so sorry sorry for our attention is diverted.
2: Well, my have, my hyper ADHD is driving me crazy. <laughs> yeah, the I'm, last
1: I'm, hockey
0: I'm, hockey thing I was gonna say was um. Who, do you think Subban's going to get picked up off waivers? Because um, I think the implication that Bowman had was, because he said something like, we know who the top two are. Obviously, Fleury, we assume Lincoln, and so I'm actually, like, not cool. Like, I don't want Suban to go. I think he is actually a really good backup, so.
3: That actually walks me perfectly right into one of the questions we got on Twitter from oh. uh, Ice Devil of Carlsbad wanted to know, who's the number two goalie and how much work will they each get? Because Flurry is getting up there in age.
1: locking in, in twenty games. locking <laughs> in twenty five games.
3: I'm That's right it? That. I was thinking more yeah. like thirty.
1: Uh, you're right, thirty. Yeah, this is the this is the modern NHL. Like it's been proven that like goaltenders who like keep it cool. I know fuck I know Vasilevsky did broke that rule last year because Vasilevsky played most of their games. But it was Tampa Bay. And uh, it is still my opinion that the Tampa Bay goaltender doesn't matter because they're playing behind the Tampa Bay roster. And, and um,
3: Kessilovsky is also what, like 25, 26? Like, he's still yeah. very young.
1: I, it's yeah, but it's the, better it, It's better if you want a long playoff run to rest your goaltender. And long yeah, and is good enough.
0: Flurry is a perfect example of that in the last few playoffs he's had because he was good for Vegas until, like, started getting deep in, like, deeper into the thing. And then you were like, oh, you're totally seeing the – He needs to rest. But the same thing happened with Pittsburgh's last run, right? Like, he he was good until the end, and then he started to falter, and Pittsburgh wasn't great defensively. So, fresh Matt Murray came in, and they were like, see, the wonder kid, except obviously he didn't.
1: Nope. He's not (laughs) going to.
0: Florida's not going to be the
3: goalie for Team Canada in the Olympics, is he?
0: Right? He's going to. He's gonna go. I think guggle. he gets invited.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. I think
0: he'll be their main backup. I think because like be
3: I was, I was thinking like the, my my initial thought was that'd be a good three weeks for him to kind of rest up and regenerate and get ready for the final he'll stretch. Play, run, but he'll then play it's the like one
0: game that the backups get in the Olympics.
3: Yeah, so it'd be Kerry Price then. Yeah, yeah. Look, I the, don't.
2: No. Oh, it's gonna I be Price, you guys. No but way the way. problem is, you see what Colleton did after he didn't have Crawford and uh, and Leonard. He rode the hot guy, and it's like. If Fleury is that good again this year, hopefully, um I just don't think he's going to give him as many nights off.
0: well, then Bowman needs to have a talk with
2: him <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but Bowman has to have his a list of shit he has to have a talk with him about but yeah, like, but, like
0: that's one of those things you'd have to be like, listen, we understand this whole system know, think, you need you need to chill out part so of the I reason they burned out so much is because the Blackhawk like the other thing is that the Blackhawks as we all know we're not good defensively last year and quality against, I mean, some was it mill that posted the chart, like Dave or mill that posted the chart. No, that was Dave. like, who is, who is very much the worst <laughs> quality team in the league. Clearly. I saw
2: that. I saw that. and I threw up in my mouth a little bit. Um, <laughs> oh. No, no, I agree with like, I totally am on board with what you're saying. I'm just looking at it from the perspective of what we've seen from the Hawks in yeah. the past. And I'm just like, those guys are like thinking, oh, people are already buying flurry jerseys like, you know, by the by the cart full, like might as well just, you know, milk it if he's good, because that's how they think it's dollar bill all over again.
3: So what's going to happen with Dealey and Suban? Like uh, Betsy brought up Suban and like, I feel like Dealey is in the boat, too. Like, I mean, are they just going to let like run these guys through waivers and like yeah. if you send him to the AHL, then like Arvid Soderbron already there. And it seems him. like they have a high hope for him in the future.
1: Yeah, one of those two is getting traded uh and then S- Soderblom will be in a battery probably with Delia.
3: Yeah, like I, I think like we everyone we all keep assuming like Stroms getting traded and Delia and or Delia or Subban's getting traded but I guess the other side's like they have to find a trade partner as well. I mean, I assume someone needs a goalie. Maybe the Hawks will just hold on to him until uh the first goalie injury of the season and then send him
2: out. When does Strom's deal end? At, he's after this season, I believe. This, this is they his might, last year. They might just send him back to Phoenix or to, to Arizona because they just have a bunch of those guys with expiring deals.
3: Yeah, Strom is three million this season, and then he's a restricted free agent. Yeah, I just I don't know. They have like as they seem pretty set on Lincoln and being the guy. I mean, he didn't have the best game of his life uh, in the one preseason game he played. And I mean, I don't think he's gonna get demoted based on that, but it was like it, it certainly seemed like it opened a door for Delia or Suban to make a make an attempt at the position if they wanted it. I don't think has Delia played yet? I know no. Suban got the game in, in St. Louis that was only available via internet, right? Yep.
2: <laughs> the infamous internet game.
3: And then I, I is Delia played at all?
0: No. Um the only only the three have played. Larry Lincoln and
3: um, Sueann. Yeah, and because the, they were just they were uh, they were raving on the broadcast the other night about how uh, Delia was like in the top five for the off the performance test that they had to go through at the start of training camp. That he like was like in the top five for guys in the best shape when they showed up for camp this year.
2: So, Matt Foster is going to get a start before Delia at this rate. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, uh, seriously, they they treat him like they don't care. He's, he's in the same boat with Strong. Different yeah, I, situations, but like, what the hell?
3: And I don't, I don't really understand the deal because it seems like there's there's something there. Like, I don't, I'm not saying he's going to win the uh, win the Vezina this year, but he's not.
0: Well, it's just unfortunately that they put so many guys near the same age, you know, yeah. next to each other because Lincoln and Delia are what like a year apart, and Subban's like a year and a half older than them, two years older than them. So it's like, they're going to, for long for longevity, they have to keep the two younger ones. So Subban, unfortunately, even though he might actually be the better, more consistent backup option for this season, they don't have the luxury of keeping him if they don't, unless they really, 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 really like Soderblom. S- I'm not going to
3: yeah.
1: say anything correctly. Uh, or Subban and Delia are both twenty-seven. Langkak and is twenty-six.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. Also, Delia, I'm looking at natural stat trick. Delia has played twenty-five four this season, so he has played a preseason game. I don't remember what it was, but he made ten saves on eleven shots. So there's that.
0: I feel like Delia just turned twenty. Like Malcolm is like, a, yeah, Malcolm's about to turn twenty-eight in December, and Delia just turned. 27 so less than a year apart but they're like staggered close to each other so mm-hmm. that yeah. they're all impacting at the same time and there wasn't enough we just didn't see delio last year you're like the point that mill made where it was they rode the hot hand we in a season where it was supposed to be a bit about evaluating we actually didn't really evaluate one of the goaltenders at all
3: yeah. And, and again, like Delia was the guy, he was the original guy out of that trio. Like he was the first one with the team.
2: Well, on top of that too, it's like, we had Crawford and Leonard the same time traded Leonard Crawford retires. Well, doesn't re- they don't resign him originally. And then it's like, all right, we're going to play the kids. And then it's like, actually we have Marc-Andre Fleury now. So it's kind of also weird on that aspect. Yeah. Or I- it's like, you know,
0: yeah, so maybe it'll be it'll depend on what they're thinking for this season. If they really think they're going for it, which is weird, <laughs> but they, but it's weird, but they did get Flurry, so they have some aspirations. Maybe they keep Subban because he's the better, like more guaranteed backup option. But Lincoln and I think will get picked up off waivers for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, um, he's going to start somewhere. Yeah,
1: eventually.
0: Um, <laughs> I think. Dillian I think. So, I
1: think I think Sue can go start in Buffalo right now. Oh. I mean, I could go start in
2: Buffalo. <laughs> I
3: was right beat me to <laughs> it.
2: <laughs> you know, me and Dave could be the two goalies there, and we'd still have time to cheer on Adam Gaudet.
3: <laughs> exactly.
2: Oh, uh, this is this is this is not getting old.
3: <laughs> no, no, it might get there by about Thanksgiving, but for now, we're gonna oh, write okay. it out while we can. Uh That's we do. All right. have- we have. T- we have one more question from, uh, that I want to get to It's from, uh, the SCH commentary. It's, it's from drop the puck. And I've actually been saving this player's name just for this question, because I was going to mention him earlier, but, uh, uh, the question is I test only, but Caleb Jones has looked good to me so far this preseason. What are you guys seeing? I've, I've been impressed. Uh, he's been another pleasant surprise. I thought he was kind of destined for Rockford um, and, but again, the white Kalanick injury might have opened the door for him a little bit and his own play might have opened the door for him a little bit. So I guess we'll see, uh, everyone else.
1: I, I thought he was for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. On the roster.
1: Yeah. I think it was for sure. 7d.
0: Yeah.
2: And I think too, if you can move like that, that's going to be a big plus. So he can move a little bit.
0: He I mean, technically speaking, he's been out playing his brother.
2: Um, <laughs> oh God. Well, his brother doesn't have to try to make the team.
0: I mean. To, to be True. fair, to be fair, um,
2: yeah.
0: I know, uh, his older, obviously Seth is playing, you know, higher competition and more minutes and all of that kind of stuff um, versus Caleb Jones, who's essentially been a bottom pairing D in most of his games and given lots of time in the OZ and stuff like that. So it's not, it's not the same.
2: Um he's also played but, on like the worst defensive, like like he played for Edmonton, so it's like, yeah, how do you really know coming from Edmonton?
0: Yeah, he looks like he looks I always assumed he was going to be seven d and I was I was good for that, and then he would rotate in and maybe get up, but he probably like it's between him and Stillman, I guess, who's really gonna be like that next bottom pair, but Stillman got paired into the top <laughs> pairing in the last practice, so who
2: knows
0: be so like okay.
1: adventure. Yeah, it's, it's better to have Caleb Jones on the roster and not playing than it is to have Mitchell or Bodan there because you want those two practicing and playing. Yeah, minutes.
3: you want, you want Mitchell and Bodan playing the, uh, 25 minutes night for the ice Hogs. So yeah, I yeah. think, uh, Caleb Jones performance so far has been encouraging and there's nothing wrong. Like you need, not everyone can be the top pairing defenseman. Like you still need a second and third D pairing to round out the group. So nothing, uh, nothing wrong with Caleb Jones so far. I,
2: I think we can all agree that our preseason is preseason. However, if they don't stand out in the bad ways, then that's good.
3: Exactly. Yeah. With I think that's the the mo for or the desired effect for defensemen in the preseason is don't don't do something bad that makes everyone notice.
2: So don't well, that, don't pull an Urban Meyer. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh. That's that's to- very topical. Well done, Mel. Well, I'm, I'm, I appreciate that reference.
2: Current events, folks.
3: <laughs> yeah, we're, we're on top of everything. Uh, So, uh, any other Blackhawks thoughts? I think we've kind of we, – we got all the ballparks covered and um, got two more preseason games, and then we're going to get real Blackhawks hockey. And it seems like a full, like, 82-game season with, like, fans Ooh. in the stands. It's kind of – I mean – maybe the, if if the Hawks are really bad, the enjoyment of it will wear off quickly. But for the next like week, like I'm just, I'm kind of like, like psyching myself up. Like it's, this is going to be fun. Like I I missed having a full 82 game hockey season and not games every other night games, like every two or three nights. And then just um, like fans in the building, like, God, I did not realize how much I missed having fans in the building, like watching some of the late, late regular season baseball games, watching the NFL games, even some of the preseason hockey games, just having fans back in the stadium has been so nice. Um,
2: Until you go to the stadium.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, I'm like, I've, I don't know how soon I'm going to a Haas game. It's going to be re- like first, probably before this month ends. Uh, Cause I need to go make sure these steak sandwiches still at iron works. So I, I did yeah. have somebody in our comments did say was at the uh the one or two games at the end of last season and said that it was still there, but I need to go confirm for myself and devour it quickly. So
2: otherwise it's gonna be the Simpsons meme where they put in a bunch of Starbucks everywhere. <laughs> and the, the United Center would be perfect for that, honestly.
3: Uh Betsy and Shepard, any thoughts? Anything else we missed? No. I think we
2: covered
0: everything. Yeah.
3: Well, we've got about five minutes uh, left to go here. So uh, we, w- this is usually with the food take. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a relatively brief one, but mill, uh, I guess the the floor was yours because of the, the pregame discussion we had. So let's, let's hear it.
2: Ah, yes. Uh, so food is overrated. Not yeah. every yeah. food, but many foods.
1: Yes. Uh, I agree with this. Uh, if, if, people devised a better way of eating and getting new, your nutrition that was just like a pill. Uh, as e- Evolving Hockey once said, I'd be willing to do that. See,
0: I feel
3: like that's...
2: Mm. I
0: like food too much. <laughs> yeah, like, then what's
3: the point of even having taste buds?
2: Well, I'm more coming from the point of view that, like, people will say, this one type of food is amazing, but it's like, well, that varies by where you get it or how you make it or whatever. Yes. That's true. Like <laughs> or you know, like people like to talk about like I guess pizza okay. is a good example. Like all pizza is usually fine except for St. Louis pizza. But like <laughs> it's not like, I will
1: have you know that there is some very good pizza places in St. Louis.
2: All right. Well it's just
1: about finding the right ones. Come visit me and I'll show okay, you the right well, one. So point made, right?
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Point made. So it's almost
3: like every food real. can be made bad and every food can be made good.
0: But isn't that, like, everything in life? Like, music or TV shows or I feel like hockey, teams. <laughs> and hockey teams, I feel like,
2: right? But I feel like art is more, like, like it's, it's different because it's, like, so much more opinionated where it's, like, you can make food where it could give you food poisoning.
3: Well, but is, it, is cooking food an art form? It,
2: it can be, but it's also necessity.
1: Yes, and that's yeah. something like art or sculpture or... Architecture, even, is not a
0: necessity. It would, well, architecture is, because you've got to have good buildings. We could, we
1: evolved to live outside. Architecture is not necessary. I'm, I'm going
0: to go ahead and stop you there, because air conditioning <laughs> is not outside, and there's, like, humidity.
1: Yeah, air conditioning We weren't, we, okay, we did know, not man. evolve to live in Atlanta, Georgia. That's I'm going to go ahead, and I'm just
0: going
2: to, nope, I reject all of that. I'm,
1: I'm just like
0: saying. On right now.
2: No. Look, I'm just saying that I hate when somebody hypes up some place and then you go get the food and then it sucks and you're like, "Hey, like I paid a lot of money for this and I could have made it at home better." What the Wait, hell?
0: I agree that money and food together can suck because <laughs> why does it cost so much? <laughs> why the ingredients don't cost that much? Why? I got two large Now we're getting into Aurelio's. capitalism. So. <laughs>
2: I got two large Aurelio's pizzas today. One was just cheese, and one was three veggie topping, and it was sixty six bucks before the tip.
1: Holy shit.
2: Um, I was like, "Yeah, that's insane."
3: That's yeah. That's that's pretty hefty for three pizzas. I
2: mean, it's like okay, it's not bad pizza by any means. It's not my favorite, but it's like, uh, are you kidding yeah. me? I mean, I know I know inflation's nuts right now and everything, but still, it's like, come on, it's pizza. Yeah,
3: <laughs> uh, but
2: I I. Food's good and again. Man, like, the United I, Center wants fifteen dollars for a slice of DiGiorno. So, <laughs> I mean, like, I got like, I
3: made like this like they call it cracked chicken. Like, I don't know why yeah, it's called cracked chicken, but like the crockpot recipe I made it Monday, and it's all I've been eating since because it's really good. And
1: I, I, I don't. That doesn't seem overrated because it's quite an enjoyable. Would you say, Would you say you're addicted to the chicken? <laughs> <laughs> not, not yet.
3: Talk to me next week. If it's still the only thing I've eaten. We might need to have an intervention.
1: Once eat, that, we, might we, be, well, that might
2: be why it's called cracked chicken. Oh, yeah. All right. There we go. Once it gets cold here, I'm living out of the crock pot.
0: I'll say I, I agree. I would love if we had like 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 Shepard said, where it's like a pill that you could take so you don't have to eat if you don't want to, but that way you would be able to eat you could be more discerning with what you wanted to eat for pleasure. Mm. Yeah. You know, like you would have your necessity part taken care of. So anything after that is just, okay, I want something good.
2: You know, yeah, kind of.
3: I will have this pill as a well-balanced meal and then I will eat a cupcake.
2: Well, that's kind of what I do when I make protein shakes. Like if I want to have French toast, eggs and hash browns for breakfast with all kind of shit on top of it, I'm having like a protein shake for lunch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like you yeah. got to balance it out.
3: Okay. Yeah. All right. So again, again, like so many of other of our food discussions based on our different geographical locations and backgrounds and everything else, uh, we got no consensus. So perfect.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just like our hockey team, baby.
3: Exactly. All right. It was uh, it was just like the Adam Goddard of discussions,
2: you know? (laughs) Oh, he's the goat. All
3: right. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening to it. Uh, visit secondcityhockey.com. We'll have all our preview content coming up in the next week and follow the main account at two and city hockey mill is at mill one I'm SCH underscore Dave M shepherd is at shepherd price. Uh, Betsy's not on Twitter, but all her stuff is at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR. Uh, keep an eye out here. We got more podcasts, articles, all that good stuff coming your way. Got a Friday show coming up this week that I've been waiting for three weeks to record because of you'll see why. And then another one next week, and then we'll be back to full season mode. And, uh, yeah, we got a lot of stuff going. So uh, stay tuned to these airwaves and the website and everything else. Thanks to the usual panel for hanging out again. Thanks again to you for listening. We're one week away, folks, and we get real hockey. I'm excited. So as we leave, we'll always – we'll leave you as we always do with the words.